the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. not the right word. I don't like the word anniversary when it talks about a day like 9-11. I'm old enough, thankfully, to remember before 9-11, to remember when the principles of Americanism were thought beyond being undermined by politicians. It was something that before September 11th, we were naive Optimist. I mean, I don't know if that's even the right word. We were just naive in the reality of what could happen in it in an attack. What would to the American principles and to our American freedoms and to our American liberty? And then we got caught up after the towers were attacked and they came down. Three days later, George Bush on the rubble it was a, a day of uh, patriotic feelings. Everybody was was so taken aback with overwhelming sadness and awe of what happened. And um, we had identified what the problem was and we were going to clean it up and it was going to be, we were going to come back bigger and better. And then they did something that I thought was stupid. They made a decision to not build the towers back. And that was kind of an indication when you really look back and think of it. We should have built them bigger and better and we should have done exactly the opposite of what we did, which was make it barren I felt at that moment, to a certain extent, the non-toilet paper using savages calling themselves whatever, Al-Qaeda, who knows what, they're all, they're all the Taliban. In fact, four of the collaborators sit in the government of Talibanistan, formerly Afghanistan now. So that was, should have been an indication. And then we had all of the kind of abuses to our personal freedoms and liberties in the name of fighting and combating terrorism. We had to, again, suffer for the greater good. We had to get used to the idea that we were going to be surveilled by our government and that things would be different and new bureaucracies would be created. And then once we had that, then everything would be better and we would be more secure. And then we, we had warriors that were going to go and get the bad guys and then we made a left turn at iraq because george w bush wanted to pick something up and we created that debacle and that became a money laundering scheme for politicians and lobbyists and the fraud and the waste and abuse we can't even calculate it trillions trillions upon trillions 20 years 20 years and in the last what is this now this is day 11 of the american hostage crisis in afghanistan 
And uh, the moron Joe Biden, who, by the way, unequivocally, unquestionably, was responsible for organizing the various forms of whatever the savages call their little gangs, their little street clubs, whether it's Taliban or Al-Qaeda or whatever the hell it is. They were freedom fighters back in the 80s. And by the way, there's a wonderful documentary on Netflix. We'll get to that with features with Sean later. Um, We turned this problem into worse. The politicians that we thought were going to do the right thing because we wanted to do the right thing. It was worse. Worse for us. Worse for the Middle East. Worse. Except for that small group of politicians that made fortunes. I mean fortunes. We don't even know what the increase in the wealth of the both the lobbying firms and politicians who've been there the whole time, like Joe Biden and the rest of these communist Democrats that have destroyed our country, that come on national TV and radio waves and tell us, give us these Soviet speeches and it's for the greater good. And once again, I'm hearing the same exact thing. Greater good, greater good. Who loses when it's for the greater good are the people who produce, the people who want the freedoms, the Americans, the real ones. We lose. And now it's normal. And did you know they're still identifying people in the rubble. Still, right now. 29 or 2,977 people dead that they know about. There's even some they admit probably don't know about. And the families came on today, and I watched a lot of TV, a lot of Fox. and Somehow they're, they're I mean, everyone's sad because you realize when, with the Biden administration, it's unequivocally a loss. We lost. Taliban, the very people who plotted, they're now running a country. They, are, they won. I mean, is there a different definition of win and lose this is a loss and we now have to live with that we're not good at that americans by nature aren't good with losing democrats are because they're losers everything they touch they lose everything they touch they ruin but there's still some unanswered questions some real unanswered questions in fact the government the biden government is hiding been hiding things since september 11th A lot of unanswered questions, and even some family members have some questions. Today, President Biden signed an executive order directing the Justice Department to look into declassifying some documents related to the 9-11 attacks. He did so under pressure from families of victims who are demanding to know if Saudi Arabia helped the 9-11 hijackers. We have more now from CBS's Catherine Herridge. What if if it had nothing to do with Iraq? Hmm. Including an exclusive interview with two former investigators. Brad Eagleson was 15 years old when his father, Bruce, was killed in the World Trade Center South Tower. And that's my dad. Eagleson is now leading a group of 9-11 families battling their own government to release still-secret FBI files from the case. It's a 10-year-long investigation that specifically investigated the role that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia played in supporting the hijackers. The case codenamed Operation... Now, the King of Saudi Arabia, this is the one that George Bush held his hand. George Bush played with his son as a kid. I mean, I, listen, I know that most shows and a lot of shows are going to give you the Pollyanna BS about how America's the greatest. We win. We went in. We kicked their ass. That's a lot of lies. Lies. And these political whores that are going to capitalize on this and go to parades, you're going to see this dimwit with dementia walk around like he knows where he is tomorrow because he's going to use it like he uses everything as a photo op. In the meantime, we're not going to know the reality of just how much we've been robbed because now we're used to it. We think it's normal 
to be under surveillance by our government. They use this as the greatest excuse to crush the freedoms and the liberties of the American people. Well, the whole time the guys responsible for it have been making nothing but money. And now some of them even run their own country. An encore centered on the two hijackers that lived in San Diego and who assisted them. Is that the first mosque they went to in San Diego? This is it right here. Danny Gonzalez was an FBI agent who worked on Operation Encore. He showed us the neighborhood the hijackers lived in. This is his first television interview about the case. 19 hijackers cannot commit 3,000 mass murders by themselves. Based on what you found, do you believe there was a domestic support network for the hijackers? Obviously. No question. I can't comment on it, but you don't have to be an FBI agent. See, should I should I bring on like all the other media stations, the, 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 the tragic people who were victimized by this and exploit their loss, their sorrow and their pity? Because I don't have that gear. I'm mad. I almost said the you know, P.O. word. I'm mad and I'm angry that we're 20 years. We lost these political whores pulled us out in disgrace. They achieved absolutely nothing but enriching the very terrorist scum that collaborated with who right here in America. Who? Who benefited from this? And once again, who gets the bill? We do. 26 years of, of experience to figure that out. Gonzalez says the two hijackers, Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid Almadar, were helped by a number of Saudis, including Omar al-Bayoumi. Bayoumi was working for the Saudi government and has said he randomly ran into the two hijackers at a restaurant in Los Angeles and urged them to move to San Diego. He lived in this apartment complex. There he helped them find an apartment and open a bank account. Huh. The two hijackers even started flight school nearby. I can't sit on the sidelines when I know the truth. Gonzalez says he's under FBI orders not to reveal certain classified information about Operation Encore. Why? Why is our government hiding the information of the day that forever changed this country? Forever. Nothing is the same. Nothing is as free, especially the people in the country. You know where it's improved? Is Afghanistan, Talibanistan. That's where it's improved. It's improved in Saudi Arabia. Whew, they made a lot of money since then. A lot of money, a lot of power. As is another former agent, Ken Williams, who wrote a memo before 9-11 warning potential terrorists were taking flight lessons in Arizona. Both men are now working for the families. The evidence is there. I've seen it, but I can't get into specifics because of protective order. The 9-11 families are suing Saudi Arabia for money. The Saudis deny official involvement. And And you know who's going to help them? The American government. They're going to help them cover this up. I'm sorry. I'm not one of these typical people that we believe everything that the professional liars we call our government continue to spew at us, continue to lie. 20 years of lies. Enough is enough. But I think we're still waiting for some Kennedy stuff, too. Enough is enough. And in the meantime, they're hoping that we continue to focus on the and, 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 and we should always remember exactly what the devastation into the families. But I want answers. Or is it not time to have answers? Should we just continue to keep waving the flag while these political whores profit and protect the very information we're too stupid to handle? You notice the theme here? You're too stupid to make choices in all aspects of your life. These corrupt bastards 
we call government. They're the ones that are capable and able to dictate. 20 years, trillions upon trillions upon trillions. Dark contracts to Joe Biden's brother to build houses. Do we even know if he built one in Iraq? How many contracts to Republicans and to various relatives? And they're going to take advantage of us. To me, I feel that they laugh at us on these so-called anniversaries. They laugh at us because we're following them around like sheep, whatever they say. And in the meantime, it's 20 years later, families are suing our government for information. The FBI is trying to stop investigators, their investigators, from talking to us. And you think we won? 9-11 Commission report found no connection. But Operation Encore started two years after the Commission's report. If we took the team's records from Operation Encore, what would the public learn? A lot. A lot. Would it change our understanding of 9-11? Sure. Yes. Successive presidents have kept Operation Encore secrets citing national security. Boy, they sure can keep these secrets, can't they? Sure can keep these secrets. What else? I mean, how many, how many secrets do you think they're keeping from us? It's a tragedy beyond not just the endless, meaningless death and sorrow and destruction and the way in which it changed the... F- Every member of those families for eternity to take those souls out. And who pays? The right people or the wrong people? And who profits? Well, we know who that is. It's not us. We get the bill. And we're getting the BS. And then tomorrow I have to watch this feeble fascist politically capitalize on the greatest tragedy in American history. A day that broke American principles. A day that we, the American citizens said, just fix it and make it better and we'll do whatever we have to do with all the right intentions. And they blindfolded us with that flag. Bipartisan. Bipartisan. But one party continues and continues to force the loss. That's the American Democrat Party. They lose on every level. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. I think the most disgusting thing about it is that I wanted to feel good about us getting out. I wanted to feel that we had achieved something. I don't think I'm alone. I want to know how you feel. If you feel we won. If you feel we should be proud of our reaction to September 11th. I'm curious to know what your take is on it. Because I had advocated that we stop occupying these countries. That we solve the problem. We come up with a plan. It had appeared that we had an opportunity to do that. And when you, when you were realizing that here we are, you know, 20 years later, and you're dealing with exactly the chaos that the Biden administration executed in Afghanistan, the way in which it happened, and you understand it's just a matter of time before we're going to have to do it all over again. We're going to have to do it all over again. I'm not saying that it's something I want to do, but it's something that we're clearly going to have to do. You understand what's happening. We've got thousands of people, thousands that depended on us, that are being tortured and murdered, the mayhem, the, the, the atrocity to, to life, what these Taliban, what the savages are doing right now. Are we just supposed to forget about it and turn a blind eye? I mean, I guess that's what, what the Democrats do with all their policies. Just turn a blind eye. Forget about it. Say it. Move on. Move on. On to the next failure. Jim in South Elgin. How you doing, Mike? Good. How are you? 
I'm good. My uh, brother actually worked downtown New York, uh, across from the World Trade Center. I actually thought he worked in one of the buildings, and when the first building was uh, hit, I called my sister-in-law in New Jersey. I said, where's John? Oh, he's at a golf hockey. Well, thank goodness. And then we're talking, all of a sudden, boom, here comes a second airplane. So then, then you knew it wasn't an accident. But uh, my brother actually passed away about six or eight years after that because his business uh, changed a lot because of all the interruptions, and uh, he couldn't handle it. So he actually took his life in 2007. So my brother was an indirect result of uh, 9-11 just years after the fact. And, you know, I think that's what aggravated me. Um I read an article yesterday about a kid who had fought in Afghanistan, and you read about all of the, there was, in Florida, there was the um, the Marine sniper who had gone on a drug binge and then killed the whole family, I don't know if you heard about it, last week down here, and they interviewed the wife, and she said after what he witnessed, he went into a depression, he turned to drugs, and, you know, she she couldn't believe he did what he did. And you realize this is the ramifications of the type of failure that the Biden administration put this country through. Now, is he alone in that failure? The answer is no. That failure was perpetrated by virtually every administration. It, this is where I'm going to give Trump absolute and total credit. This is foreign policy. 18 months. 18 months of, of quiet there. 18 months. It's probably the That's longest right. they've ever gone. And if you look at what his his strategy was and how he wanted to get things out and the conditions he had, you believe he would have it would have been completely different. And now you look at what Biden is just fail and move on and ignore it. And it's being assisted by the people that support his ideology and his corruption, because believe me, Jim, this is what I started with. This is about corruption and money. We never went after the right people. They told us a story and we believed it. And we're all regurgitating the talking points. I still don't like what happened with, with bin Laden. What do you mean you, you, you threw him over? You don't show us? You threw him over the ship. Oh, okay. I'm tired of believing liars. I was never good at it. Thanks, Jim, for the phone call. It's just too much, it's just too much nonsense, too much believing faith, faith of the people who lie to you for a living. They're professional liars. The government, every time it opens its mouth and tells you how even one of their policies work, it's lying to you. We live in the failure of it. You want to point to the debt or you want to point to the, the so-called social utopia that they build in their cities where they're the strongest and heaviest hand? Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey, thank you, Sean, for taking my call. This uh, diapered and demented derelict that basically undid 20 years of all that bloodshed and all that money and everything like that, not only did he undo it all, he made it a hundred times worse. He destroyed everything that we did over there. I mean, that, he turned what could have been, if he would have got, like, got out of there in a smart way, and there's, a, there's several ways he could have got out of there smart, this could have been great. It could have been a great thing for America, and he turned it into just rat poison, just garbage. This guy. The only, president, the only president we ever had that questioned the information we were given almost immediately, the only one who questioned, wait a minute, why were there 15 Saudi nationals, 15 15 Saudi citizens. Why are we not looking harder at exactly what happened in Saudi Arabia? And we now know that the FBI investigated. They found numerous connections to both Saudi and our own government right here in this country. And now I'm just going to have to hear the Pollyannas talk about how we won and we did our mission. And the people who tore down these towers are going to hear you, which, I, by the way, I thought that was a great speech. When George Bush got on that, I mean, I felt as as patriotic and as as. I felt all the emotions we, we could have at that time. We were united. We wanted to, to cure things. And it was at that moment that, in my opinion, our government, 
who a Republican-led government took advantage of our good intentions and our patriotism and did exactly what they wanted to do. And in the end, we're stuck with the bag. Once again, we're stuck believing them. And in the meantime, Joe Biden just created a situation where we really have to worry about this happening again and again and again. So thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. 312-642-5600. Actually, I think I have a guest when I get back, but we're going to take your calls all day. It's a a free-for-all Friday. We'll talk to you after this. One of uh, my favorite writers at Breitbart, Warner Todd Houston. I wanted to get him on today. He's written some interesting stuff about students, the reaction to mandates, and uh, President Biden, I guess I have to say that, right? Or diapers, as I like to call them. How are you, Warner? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about, I was reading your article, about the uh, Texas... Students file federal civil rights complaint against UT over Eyes of Texas. Right. Well, they, you know, the act, these activist leftist students have only been trying to kill this thing for years now. And every time they've tried it, they've failed. So now they've gotten with the NAACP, a few select of these leftist students have gotten with the NAACP to file a federal complaint, uh, a, a civil rights complaint. Since they couldn't get it done through through the uh, administration of the school, now they're trying to get the federals to come in and crack down on them. Is the song racist or something? Did I miss something with the song? No, and, and that's the thing, too. The, uh, the school hired a, a, a black man in the black studies department to look into the song, and he declared that it wasn't racist. Now, the reason that some of these leftists claim it's racist is because back when it was uh, first being uh, sung, back in the early 1900s, around 1902, 1910, in those areas, uh, sometimes they were it, the song was sung by blackface performers, you know, minstrels. Oh. But the song itself had nothing to do with that. Just because a couple of people sang it that way <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Why the didn't they just tell them the racist. people were Canadian? And then he w- they would be elected prime minister. I don't understand the problem. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you know, but they, they, it's this is this has nothing to do with racism, really. It's just they're these students looking for points. You know, they're looking for something to destroy, and they've decided that it's the song. During El Doce's speech yesterday, I noticed he took offense to the um, football games, specifically in the gatherings at colleges. Is this as a result of the video that showed college football fans chanting what we all want to say to Joe Biden? Right, right. Well, you think, you'd think it was, right? Joe is a very vindictive guy. He always has been. He's, been, he's hot-headed. He yells at people. He's mean. I don't know if you recall back in 2016 when, out of the blue, he said he'd like to take Trump behind the gym and beat him up. I mean, you know, come on, Joe. We all want to see that. He can barely get in. He can't get into a dodge. He's going to beat somebody up. Right. It's preposterous. In fact, wasn't it Trump just the other day in an interview? Uh, he was promoting, because he's still trying to, to, to make some money, right? Was, isn't he promoting uh, Evander Holyfield fight? Yes, exactly. And he was in, he was by phone calling into the uh, to the event that they had to uh, uh, to advertise this fight. 
And he did mention that, uh, you know, that 2016 thing that Biden said about taking him behind the gym. But curiously, uh, if you look at all the news reports of that particular incident where Biden or where Trump was talking with Holyfield, none of them mentioned the fact that Biden said first that he wanted to beat up Trump. They only they only focused on Trump saying he wanted to box Biden as if Trump came up with that out of clear blue sky. Now, Warner, you've been doing this for a long time. You. uh have seen a lot, covered a lot of people. You didn't write an article about this, but I want to ask you about it. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams you would see a speech like you saw yesterday by an American president? Well, I mean, talk about totalitarian ideas. He even said he could get governors out of the way. I mean, who does he think he is? So much for uh, all of us uh, electing our governors if a president can just get rid of them whenever he feels like it, right? I mean, what is going on with this guy? Warner, I'm down in Florida, right? I live in Florida a lot. And what's happened since he said that, there is a a gun store not far from my house in Florida. So I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there and I wanted to, to buy a new weapon. I couldn't park my car there today. Packed beyond belief. And it was because so many of the Floridians were so, and I, I talked to a few, were so disgusted because of what they feel is going to happen by the, by the government of the United States against Floridians, because everyone knows he was talking specifically to Republican governors. He was talking specifically to DeSantis. He was talking specifically to Abbott. And I'm wondering if they have an understanding of exactly how, how deep they dig that rift in society by having this dimwit go out there and threaten to go around or remove elected officials who, by the way, not everybody likes. You know, I mean, I'm sure DeSantis has... You know, we've got three counties that are are New York and Chicago Democrat mafia members that they run. But for the main part, everybody respects what he's doing, what he's done. The reaction to COVID is not what you're hearing on CNN. He's helped numerous people, and specifically seniors. Everywhere I go, that's what they're talking about today, how irritated they are with what he said and how he was threatening the governor of Florida. Do they not understand they're not winning with this approach? Yeah, and, and every time they have a Democrat that comes out to make comments like this about how all Republicans are evil and white supremacists and they're all trying to kill blacks and minorities and they don't care about kids, you know, uh, you know it, it promotes disunion and drives up gun sales and, and puts people further apart from each other. And then almost inver- inevitably, and, and just today it happened again, Biden comes out and goes, oh, we, we need to come together, everybody. Yeah. We need to come. But just yesterday he was saying how much uh, he, he wants to destroy you if you don't agree with him. But today now he's saying, well, we have to come together. And then we're ignoring so many of the failures. The failure of our of our border is is atrocious. However, the ramifications of that aren't just the torture to children, the sex trade among children, and the, the horrific ways in which people are being used and the rest of it. There is a major drug issue, and this fentanyl is killing some very famous people. It is it seems to be an epidemic that not only is it ten times worse than before. We uh, pretended that Joe Biden was the president. It seems to be that Hollywood is suffering a great deal. Democrat areas are suffering a great deal. Is, are they paying attention to this, or is this being swept under the rug? 
I'm not quite sure if the left is really paying attention to this or not. Uh, it, it seems to go in, in you know, spits uh, and, and bits. A couple of years ago, it was a big deal. Uh, just before, uh, well, just before Obama left office, they were talking about it a lot. Uh, they talked about it a little bit during Trump, but then when all the uh, when the drug abuses and, and the ODs went down during Trump's years, it sort of fell out of the news. And lately, it's been starting to creep in again. And like you say, it's because of some of these famous people who died. Tom Petty, uh, who uh, uh, now they say uh, had complications and died because of, of fentanyl uh, wow. in, indirectly. Uh, he was one. Uh, they've had a few comedians and small actors. They had a guy that was on TV's uh, The Flash show, a, a teenager who, who died last year. Now they say, yes, it was a fentanyl overdose. You know, and, and this is happening in a lot of blue areas, a lot more blue areas than red areas, if I remember right. So yeah. um, I, I'm not, but I'm, I, it, it does shock me that it isn't a huge deal to these guys. Uh, it, like I said, it goes in fits and starts. You wrote, you wrote an article that unfortunately, uh, um, I don't think it, it, it should have gotten a lot more attention. And that was the Georgia, the article about the Georgia football players. 90% of its players and staff had been vaccinated, but apparently they had a massive spike among vaccinated people. Do you think that it's not getting talked about because they're simply trying to cover up that fact? Uh, this, to me, should be a, a lead story on, on many news networks. Yeah, and they don't want to talk about the fact that it was of vaccinated players and staff members, uh, the, the so-called breakthrough. Uh, it's not the unvaccinated people that are getting actually getting the COVID uh, as much in, in some of these instances. So uh, I, I think they're, they're torn about describing it because on one hand, it still gives them the power to say, oh, COVID's still bad. But on the other hand, it, it destroys their whole myth about how the vaccine is so great. You know, if, if the vaccine is working, why is everybody still getting it? If masks work, why is everybody still getting it? You know, if social distancing works, how come we are still shutting places down? And here in Illinois, again, having a mask mandate everywhere you go. I mean, does this work or not? Warner, I'm down here. There's nothing. No mask mandate. Nothing. No one wears them. Our numbers. Well, you know what? I, I, here, I, I'm up here in Illinois, of course, and I, the very first time they, they put that mask mandate in last year, it seemed like 99.9% compliance. This time, however, I'm starting to see 10, 20, 25% of the people walking around refusing to wear them in stores and ignoring the store uh, clerks when they say they need one. So I, even here in blue Illinois, some Democrats are getting sick of it. Per 100,000 citizens, the numbers are better on every level when you compare them to Illinois to New York, and to the most totalitarian states. It's very difficult for me to sit by and watch this imbecile come out yesterday and pretend not only that he's right, but then demand that we double down on stupid and, and renegotiate our definitions as, and, and demonize the unvaccinated while pretending that the vaccinated in the same, same speech, he admits you need a booster, number one, and he says we're still a danger to the vaccinated. Well, if the unvaccinated are a danger to the vaccinated, then the vaccine doesn't work. Simple, end the story. And we're pretty close to herd immunity at this point anyway. Not only that, but they continue to ignore 
they naturally, uh, you know, immune at this point. I mean, I had COVID when it first came out before uh, Trump was able to get those vaccines rolling so quickly. Uh, and so my natural immunity is probably much better than anybody with a vaccine. So why do, would I have to take a vaccine? Yeah, that's exactly my position. And I was in the same position and it was terrible. I'm not suggesting it was easy. And I've also witnessed how some people have um I have a dear friend of mine very recently who had the Delta variant. He was treated with the, the uh, many of the medicines that apparently we can't say anymore. Um, and, and, and they don't want us to focus on the alternatives, on some of the different ways you can, you can help yourself, some of the treatments that are out there that are not the vaccine, that show great, great success. It seems to me to be a concerted effort by government to simply steer people in the direction that the government benefits well, making them understand without government, we're nothing. And I'm wondering right. how many people are buying this. I'm hoping enough fight back, but I must admit, I'm nervous at the speech I saw yesterday. Yeah, well, it seems like a lot of people are buying this nonsense if you look at the way so many people support masking children in schools. Uh, the CDC came out yesterday and said out of all the 2,000 hospitals it was looking at, eight kids died in a year. Eight. Eight. And they're forcing millions of kids to wear these face diapers every day, putting them in danger from that, and all for eight people. I mean, <laughs> I wonder how many of the, the kids die from fentanyl. Favorite. You know, I, 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 oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I the kids are dying from fentanyl. That. The kids are dying from many more, more, other more kids are dying from drowning in pools than, than from, from COVID. Not to mention the kids dying from abortion, but apparently that's top of the list. But right. I would. Uh, well, that don't count. I know. Warner Todd Houston, you keep it up at Breitbart. Thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Can't wait till next time. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. And those governors that stand in the way, I think it was very clear from the president's tone today that uh, he will run over them. You're not running over anybody, dummy. You're not running over anybody. I'm almost looking forward to when it starts to try to do that. Who are you going to run over? Obviously, they don't understand what a representative republic is. They have no idea what it is because these are the fascists, the Marxists, the communists, the Chicago mafia Democrats. That's what they are. And uh, I think they're underestimating the pushback. I wonder what you think. Scott Aurora. Yeah, I got a question. Uh, I I just had a run-in at a gas station. Uh, the the thing that I got is I wasn't wearing my mask in there. I they told me, "Sir, sir, you got to have a mask on." Yeah. I said, "I ain't playing that game." At what point is that legal for me to do it's that? It's legal. It's a private business, brother. He could he could demand you have the mask on. You have the freedom to not go there. But as long as we have property rights, it's pre- here's the good news. There are gas stations where you don't need it. Find them, go to them, patronize them. That's how we win. Bill, Mark, Lewis, stay on the line. I'll take you when I get back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. You know, it's funny, when Joe Biden was running, I guess, call it that, campaigning to be president, 
I remember thinking about how bad it would be if this idiot was somehow able to usurp the office. And how many levels would the ramifications be of not only our liberty, our individual liberty being destroyed, but how it would just give that that failure that Democrats carry with them in every policy, the unmitigated and undeniable feudalism of operating in an economy under a Democrat. Everyone pretends that under Clinton, it was great. I did okay. I remember I made money under, under Clinton. It wasn't that bad. And you look at the, exactly what this idiot did. I mean, aside from molest a 20-year-old intern, aside from a mockery, of the office of, of presidency. When you, when you realize both foreign, how many disasters happened under the Clinton administration that led to September 11th. And when you furthermore look at the only reason that this idiot had any economic success was because of the Newt Gingrich Congress and the wave of success on, of Reaganomics that led arguably until 2008, but was bastardized under Clinton. He is the one who forced the Community Reinvestment Act. And you think about under Barack Obama, the trillions and trillions, he doubled the debt, but the trillions of dollars that were misappropriated and absconded with. And you hear this idiot yesterday, this buffoon, talk about not only the fascism and the idea of the anti-American force, of which that's all that the Democrat Party has is force. Everything is force, force, force. Ironically, I don't want to force you to do anything. I don't care if it's the vaccine. I don't care what it is. I'm not interested to force anybody to do anything. But nobody's going to force me. That's how America used to be. But in his, he snuck it in there. $2 million. $2 million for businesses. Now, who do you think gets that loan? Those are mafia-connected businesses. This is how you take... The idea of American small business, you backdoor nationalize it, and you corrupt it. You turn it into those corporatist companies that will do anything that the government pays them to do. The shill game of Keynesian economics, where now we're going to pretend that all these companies that take $2 million and go and blow it are generating success. And the debt, they don't have to pay for two years. Who pays it? Who pays it? Those foolish enough to be working and earning, foolish enough to be successful under a very socialist idea of what an economy looks like. And as this is going on, you are absolutely and unequivocally going to bear the burden of this so-called infrastructure and their reconciliation, made-up BS. We're in it. They're doing everything from hiring IRS agents from expanding their bureaucracies, from nationalizing election law. And I still have yet to hear the Republicans' rebuttal. I thought for sure today Republicans would mount up and demand that this stops. But instead, they're just going to sit back and they're going to take it. Are calling your vaccine requirements an overreach? You are threatening to challenge the court. Have at it. Look... I am so um, disappointed that uh, particularly some of the Republican governors have been so cavalier with the health of these kids. 
so cavalier for the health of their communities. Look at the numbers of the Republican-led states versus the Democrat. Look at the actual numbers. In every case, they're doing better. But that's not what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the force. They are masters, masters at diverting the attention from what they're actually doing and their failure and their corruption and building this this red herring, this straw man versus dealing with the very essence of their argument. And that's how, in a country, a so-called Democrat president can come up and give a Soviet-style speech. And the pushback is, what exactly? They're going to... They're going to pass the bill. They're going to spend the money. They're going to push the force. They're going to lie about the results and cook the numbers. And in the meantime, nobody talks about the other massive failures as they exploit the tragedy of September 11th. It's, it's truly, history will judge us very poorly as citizens and our pushback against absolute and total fraud, lies, and destruction of the American principles. Bill in Warrenville. Hi. Hi. I've got good news regarding the, all the arms that were seized by the Taliban. Uh-oh. That completely eliminates Joe Biden's argument that we need gun control. We could just tell him, shut up, you've lost that right. Uh, well, because between, the Taliban have AK, that you think the Taliban is, is um, less armed than the South Side of Chicago gangster disciples? Well, be, between Iraq and Afghanistan, over the past several years, 43% of the 1.5 million uh, M16 and M4 rifles, we won't even talk about machine guns, tanks, and stu- helicopters and stuff like that, but just of that amounts to 645,000 of those rifles. The real, the real Shut up, Mr. The real, President. The real interesting thing, Bill, is to see how many of those weapons actually find their way back to our criminals. I'd like to see that. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Like that. Along with along with the weapons, they've also got Humvees and tens of thousands of pickup trucks. Yeah, well, I thought about and buying a Humvee. With, it's with terrible our, on gas. With our southern border so porous that children can walk about it. What about a, a armed, trained, hardened terrorist? Yeah, it's going to get spicy, it's not, Bill. It's not even an issue. It's going to get spicy. Good luck to us all. Mark, Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Hey, uh, your previous guest had uh, kind of put out there that, you know, after this, this latest trampling of our rights with this buffoon in office, um, you know, when's it going to stop? And, Sean... Um, I, I could set example after it's not going to stop. You know what? Because there's no consequences to the action. So I want to tell all the, the childish Americans, even on our side, Sean, that think that, oh, if we get our side in in 2022 and we may take the presidency back in 24, you know what? They don't have our backs either. The Has- bottom line is the gun store that you've got in your backyard that is, is lined up with cars, those people know that this is not going to be solved in any other way than the obvious way. Well, I don't, you know what? You don't want that, brother, because here's the other thing. No, Sean, I don't that's want what, it. That's what he means. That, that's what he means when he says he's going to run over the Republican governors. 
This is hey, this is real. This is real totalitarian. This is real despotism. This is real coercion by a government, and they're prepared Sean? to enforce it. Go ahead. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Um, you know what? Nobody wants to go there, but I'm asking you as the host. Where do you think this goes? You know, now we're Nazis, we're xenophobes, we're homophobes. They've taken our voting rights away. You know, the Obama, you know, they, uh, they've already proven that if you've got a different political view, they'll stick the IRS on you. Oh, yeah. Mark, you know, but I'm going to tell you where, something. Where's the, where's the, where's the health care going to go? You know what? Lord help the person when this finally does end up being, you know, Obamacare, where we've got, you know, um, um, I know. nationalized medicine. You know what? Lord help the guy that has an R next to his name when you've got some punk bureaucrat in Washington that pulls yeah. the file aside and says, you know what, this guy's a Republican. You know, Mark, I want go. you to understand the problem I think so many of us have. Thank you for the call. The problem so many of us have is that we think the way in which we're treated in these very Democrat, corrupt, mafia-run states like Illinois is the way it is in all other states. I'm telling you, it is not. That he, the enemies of the Biden administration that he is articulating, the Republican governors that are in his way, they are not going to lose. Legally, the American principles are on our side. Where are you going to get that better fight? It is going to be in Republican-controlled areas. Do not have fantasies of a somewhat civil war. It's never going to happen again. You know, and that's the part I meant when I said how this government is very able, very willing, and they will, A, lie about their intentions, as we have clip after clip after clip. And let me just give you a little demonstration of what I mean. When people are able to design their lives in a way that they can determine their own futures, we are a stronger democracy and we are a stronger nation. When people are able to make choices without government interference for themselves in terms of their well-being, and the well-being of their family in consultation with whomever they may choose, we are a stronger society. She doesn't believe a word of that. She said it on the same day. The president said exactly the opposite about everything in your life, from the freedom to make decisions over your own person to the freedoms of decisions over your own business. This is the scam. They will say anything. will always implementing force on the other side, they talk out of both sides of their mouth. They got elected because you could point to case after case where they were absolutely specific. They were never going to force the vaccine. So, so here's the thing. We, are, we cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. That wasn't that long ago, even though she doesn't remember. They will say what they need to say at the moment. The whole time the ideology is about constantly undermining your property rights even over so much as your own person. That's what this argument really boils down to. Unlike the fascists, I'm not interested in force. This is all they have is force. And they'll lie to you the whole time while they implement, while they plot, while they scheme, while they bury it in 10,000-page bills. And until we get Republican strongholds where the leaders of those areas are willing and capable to put up the fight, we're going to be victimized by it. That's why my answer is simple. I want those guys to win and separate Illinois. I don't think it's going to happen. What, what will happen 
is the states that they're going after will mount up a fight. And I believe legally we win. The principles of the Constitution of America itself is against socialism, is against fascism. We have to understand that and we have to support those areas. There's too many politicians doing what Nancy does, doing what Joe does, doing what Nooner Harris does. Lie out of both sides of their mouth. That's why you never believe. And always we have to start to push our agenda of constantly tearing apart these fascistic dictates, these ridiculous bills, and fight against them every minute. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Undermining private property rights, undermining American principles of freedom and liberty. That is the agenda and has been the agenda of the socialists pretending to be Democrats forever. They love these, these, these ticky-tack Rube Goldberg taxation schemes. It's hysterical to me that the people accept this and do not understand they implement these so-called rules on their political enemies. That's why you want to know my favorite thing about Trump. I, gotta, I, I have many. My favorite thing as a Chicagoan is when he bribed or contributed to Nine Fingers Rahm Emanuel to get the okay, to get the scheme, and to build the tower. And then when he hired Ed Burke, the gangster, de tutte gangster, the number two capo to the little short Mike Madigan, hired him to freeze and get the tax benefits. He played their corruption game against them, and he bought them for small money. 50000 he bought the mayor of Chicago. And they put up the, the Trump Tower, and they left the half of the foundation. They got the tax benefit from Eddie Burke. So see, as they create these schemes, they do it to be bribed. Yet when they talk about their new laws and their new taxation and their new spend, they're going to come down on the side of righteousness. This is either going to be donor protection, which the other side has admitted in 2017 openly. We've got to protect our donors. Now, this is the, this is the company. Or this is the, it is a company. This is the political party with, by far, three to one dark money in the 2020 presidential campaign. Three to one. Their donors are the ones that are getting the payoff of this spending bill, of this infrastructure. They're creating an industry that could not exist without subsidies and phony government money. And the whole time they're going to speak as if their job now is to confiscate from us, we the people, the workers, somehow their rightful due of money. This is how you have, you have a country that was the richest, was, and I said was specifically, was the strongest financially with the most thriving economy. And now it is so interwoven with this conspiracy, this Keynesian fraud, to where you're not going to own your business. So all the people who are licking their chops about taking this money, take it, I dare you, should be the slogan. Because if you're not politically aligned with the Democrat mafia, you'll pay back five times what you take. That's one choice. The other choice is protection for all, as it should be under a democratic society. So what we want to do is enforce the tax law if that's socialistic, count me in. But he doesn't want to enforce it in his areas. Right now, do you know who's going to host a, uh, a fundraiser for Lori Lightfoot? Lori Lightfoot, who is 
ruling over a city where the vast majority of people who are poor are suffering beyond description. You know who's going to have a fundraiser? A Wilmette real estate developer. How do you say this guy's name? Falanga to host fundraiser. Falanga. He lives in Wilmette. Mark Falanga of Wilmark, of, of Wilmette Venture Mark Inc. He's got a fundraiser. Because up in Wilmette, he likes this political whore. Because she's going to take whatever money she gets and give him the loans that nobody else could get. The TIF agreements, the tax abatements, it's going to go to this pasty white Wilmette recipient. The whole time the city she rules over is collapsing in chaos. From crime to murder and mayhem, and not to mention abject poverty. The only reason it exists is from bailouts that they don't want to admit to. That they take from all the rest of the states around that sewer. That's the game that works. And they come out and they speak of righteousness and equality. You have to be a moron. A moron. Or in on the scam to be a Democrat. It's not socialistic. We've been called worse things, by the way. I'm proud of this historic package, Mr. Chairman. We will guarantee universal paid family and medical leave like every other Industrial society. Socialist society. So now you're going to pay people 12 weeks who have kids. 12 weeks you'll pay both of them and all their costs. And the people who will sell out and say, okay, they will take their eye off how much money they're stealing to the Wilmette developers, to the scum and their true contributors, their campaign bosses. Republicans better wake up. See, but our problem is the Republicans want in on this scheme, too. Dan in Downers Grove. Sean, happy Wednesday, Friday to you. Thank you. Hey, the thing I'm I'm concerned about is I'm not worried about the mask mandate. I'm not concerned about the vaccine. They're going to try to shove it down our throat. All they're doing is testing us to see who takes it, who doesn't, and what their game plan is to get around us. The big thing is watch out for the 80,000 IRS agents. That's right. Obama played this, Obama played this scheme with the health care, the crap Obamacare. So they're just... Setting it up three to five years, they're going to use this to come after everything. Our health care, guns, And then the campaign contributor in Wilmette to Lori Lightfoot, he doesn't have to worry about a thing. His competition, who may not be in, in the Democrat mafia, that's who has to worry. So now you've politicized. There isn't a bureau of bureaucracy in this government, a bureau that is not politicized. The upper echelon of these bureaus are political apparatchiks to the statist party to the Socialist Party. And now they're at least admitting, then call me a socialist. I'll take it. For the first time, you will not lose your job to care for a new child. I didn't lose my job to care for my two. If that's socialistic, count me in. There you go, count them in. It's not socialistic. No. To recover from a serious health condition. If that's socialistic, count me in. So the drug addicts, the fat slobs, and the rest of them that put themselves in their own health categories, we pay them too. Who bears the burden? The earner, the healthy person, the honest person. Just like Chicago. Who gets robbed? Who's the victim and who's the perpetrator? If you listen to them, it's hard to keep it straight. Kira Elgin. Hey, Sean, um, I feel for the caller who called earlier who lost his brother to the after effects of 9-11. 
it feels like the same climate with Biden since Biden's been in office, that sense of dread, the same feeling I had at 9-11. I've never in my 62 years have had hatred in my heart. But, Sean, every time I see Biden now, Saki, Harris, I'm feeling this disdain that I've never, ever felt in my life. That's and what they build. Why do you it think th- th- Why do you think they release the suicide numbers, the depression numbers years later? Yeah. The suicide spike among veterans since Barack, I mean, since Barack, since Barack, when Barack Obama was in was was something that no one talked about. Look at the suicide numbers during his eight years. And then imagine what it's going to be after Joe Biden Mm -hmm. forced this loss in the Middle East. You know how many veterans we have over 20 years? You know how many guys right now are feeling hopeless? I mean, it's it's something we can't wrap our head around, but it's something that they don't want you to focus on. See, because the real the real enemy are the unvaccinated. That's who's the bad guy in the country. Thank you, Kira, for the call. We'll take the rest of them when I get back. 312-642-5600. we got a lot to cover, so I got phone lines are packed. A couple things I really want to get to. We do have um, Friday pictures with me. And I have a guest at uh, 6.05. But I want you to hear what Schumer... I, I, I mean, the reality is... I don't think it's going to be much longer until this boondoggle, this scheme, this destruction pill to our economy called the infrastructure and the reconciliation, these phony bills, what they're going to do and the corruption that it will breed and the debt it will create along with the destruction. Whenever this happens, the companies that are honest, that are small, pay the burden. We pay the taxes. We pay the rest of it. People who are connected never pay. They never do. Our North Star has to be the legislation itself. It has to be big and bold and strong. If Republicans work with us to get good, strong legislation, yes. But I agree with you. I've made these arguments in numerous places. I want you to keep in mind, he's selling a bill that is 10,000 pages at the low end. They are estimating it will be 15,000 pages. He's selling you something without ever reading it. He's selling you this vision. The whole time the corruptors of the bill are writing it. Dad Frank, wasn't that going to make everything great again? It's going to be great. Who wrote the bill? The surviving mortgage companies that frauded the people that then were bailed out by the people. We bailed out all of these companies. All of these big banks bailed out. It's like free money. And they continue to pretend that somehow they paid us back. Well, then why is the debt where it is? Why do you have to bribe companies to stay in business the whole time pretending that somehow the economy is strong? They're touting the fact that this week alone, we only had 305,000 people file for unemployment every week. That's the best number it's been in a year and a half. Yet these are the same people that tell you that the economy added 4 million jobs. Well, someone's doing some tricky math here. Who's this Benny the Bookie that's giving us this BS? How much of it are you going to take? Look at 2008, where we spent a year and a half trying to get something good done, ACA, Obamacare. $9 trillion was the national debt. Nine, and we were mad about it. It's now 30 that they admit to. And we didn't do all the other things that had to be done. We will not repeat that mistake. We will not repeat that mistake. 
It's a, you are right. I think of just what you think all along. And, um, and it's a different time. The antidote is constructive, strong action by us, by the government. That's the answer so that when the appeals to bigotry and nastiness and divisiveness are thrown at the American people, people will say, no, we're making good progress. Let's stick with this. But They should name it the grab your ankles bill because these people never, ever had a job. They never had to make anything work. Chuck Schumer has spent 40 years of failing. And he is in front of this, along with Nancy Pelosi, whose husband has insider-traded his insider traded his way into hundreds of millions of dollars, along with the rest of them. These are the people that avoid taxes they are touting to put on us to pay them off again. By the way, a Winnetka developer is having a fundraiser for Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> you can't make this up. Tom in Blue Island. Sean, how are you, sir? Happy Friday. Real happy Tom, Friday. Do you know where um, Tony Roscoe's mansion was, 30-room mansion? Uh, was that, that was out south here somewhere. No, it was Winnetka. Oh, Winnetka. Winnetka. It seems to be a trend where all of the shady government scum live. Do you know what the violent crime rate in 2020 was in Winnetka? Violent crime. The whole year. Nine. Probably next to nothing. Nine. There was, uh, he had some property out south as well that uh, that worry, would he, belly he, up. Don't worry. He bought it from a tax auction, and they robbed some honest farmer or some people. Here's the thing you got to know, Tom, about um, Winnetka and about the, the practices that happen there. This is where the lawyers, the Democrat mafia lawyers who prostitute, the Democrat failure and corruption, this is where they go off to and live. So those nine violent crimes that happened, happened when these scumbags were on their way home from the crazy horse and their side girlfriends, and they stumbled in when their wife was pleasuring themselves with the landscaper. And that's how they got to the nine violent crimes. The whole time the corruption and the destruction that they cause in the sewer of Chicago have ruined the entire city. But go ahead, I digress. To your point on that, one of my oldest friends that grew up in Mount Greenwood, we grew up in Mount Greenwood, about, he's about a block and a half away, very accomplished attorney, was married, uh, lived in Glencoe, uh, divorced, big Democrat donor. He currently now owns a huge pot farm up in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, so how do you terrible. think he got the okay on that? Of course. Who gets those? I, he must be, He must know right. a Republican, too. That's bipartisan skullduggery there. They love those video yeah. games and pot dispensaries. Republicans are all in on that. They got their Brooks Brothers shirts. And I just wanted to throw up. a couple. Yeah. Sean, I wanted to throw a couple quick ones at you. We'll end up in Afghanistan eventually again, because eventually these guys are going to do something that's going to, we're going to say we have to go do something about it. That's, that's, the, that's number one. But number two, the bigger thing. With the vaccine mandates, you said about six months ago, and I want to say it's about six months ago now, we were talking about the PPP loans, and I was going to get one for my little business. And I remember, remember you saying that the companies that take these PPP loans are going to be beholden to the government. And the ones that did, watch what happens now if they try to not uh, go along with Biden's vaccine mandates. If so you called that like six months ago. Oh, I know. If you're a, this is how it works. It works like this in every socialist corrupt country. If you are a good foot soldier 
and an apparatchik to the corrupt government in control, you don't have to pay it. If you hire their people to get it, you don't have to pay it. If you, however, stand opposed politically, the ideology, and you are, say, a Republican, and you may not even have to be a hardcore Republican. You may be a kind of middle of the road. You are going to pay it back. I can't believe people would trust this very government. Chuck Schumer has been the recipient of dark money for 40 years. Nancy Pelosi, her financial disclosures are evidence for an insider trading case. Joe Biden has avoided taxes his entire life. He's from Delaware, the state that was created for tax avoidance. Yet somehow these people believe he's going to righteously implement this idea of equality and socialism. It's going to be great. He's using this as cover to destroy anybody he disagrees with ideologically while he pays off his political apparatchiks. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. So I made a mistake on this fundraiser. It's actually October 14th. Um, Flanga said the fundraiser will feature our friend, WGN host Bob Surratt. Moron. Chair-level tickets, $5,000. Mass will be required. The event, which will strictly adhere to all Chicago Department of Public Health COVID-19 guidelines. I wonder if Dr. Dryheave will be there. Eduardi, Eduardo, whatever. All right, Paul in Elmhurst has a very good point. Hi, Paul. Yes. Hi, Paul. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I'll be brief. Uh, I'm 50 years old, uh, came to this country about 23 years ago from post-communist country, former Czechoslovakia. So I know what the communism and socialism is, and I know what it does. My question is about a previous segment. You had a gentleman on, and you were talking about it. He was mentioned something about a civil war, and you said it will never happen. My question is... I said you don't want when. it to happen. I said you don't want it yeah, to happen. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, uh, and in that regard, I would ask you, show me when in history the tyrants gave up their freedom willingly. Your argue, Hitler gave Paul, up his, I, his, yeah? I, I agree 100% with you. But here's the difference. Here's what I believe yeah. the difference is. I believe yeah. the law in this country, the intended law, is meant to be a shield, not a spear. I am optimistic... Right. Because I want that, that law, that American principle law, to be used right. as a shield rather than a bunch of... Because here's the, here's the thing, Paul. In a civil war, first of all, the, the idea that this country had one is unbelievable to me. Because those right. laws should have acted as a shield, not a spear. And the idea that so many people forget so many of the components that went on, and they attached it to one that sold among the people, and they made it about that bothers me because that can happen again and that's what i'm seeing happening what i'm saying is i don't want that i don't think right. anybody wins in that most of all i have no intention or i don't want to have to fight fellow americans when the reality of who's corrupted this country is the smallest minority in it it's the political whores just like your country you know it's funny czechoslovakia how corrupt is yeah. your government back there and how similar is it to Chicago and to what I'm just talking about, where a big-time developer hosts a fundraiser for a mayor who the people she rules over cannot stand her, and she is failing them. Yet, the big outsider from the big fancy neighborhood, the oligarch, is paying right. to keep her in office. Is that not exactly 
how Czechoslovakia is run by the socialist corrupt demagogues there? Exactly. That's exactly how it was. And, uh, you know, we all love this country dearly. And it breaks my heart to see this country going down to hell of a handbasket. And I'm questioning myself every single day what we peaceful, loving people can do to get our freedom back. And, uh, and it got me to question, why do we have the Second Amendment then for? No, I, I, I'm a second. Listen, I'm, I, <laughs> I love the Second Amendment. I practice the Second Amendment. I, I went today to go get more inventory for myself. I understand what you're saying. But what I am telling you is, before you right. take on that mindset, Consider relocating yourself and your family to a state that fights for those American principles. It's not the same as Illinois. You don't have that same right. wrenched feeling in your gut where you're hopeless because your representative is ignoring you or is corrupted by the very system that that state runs on. Paul, right. thank you for thank the call you, very much. And we have thank to fight for the principles of what our Constitution, what American law is. It is my shield against these socialists. Socialism is unconstitutional in America. We need to get representatives that understand that and fight for that principle. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Well, I read his bio, bio, I now understand why I like him so much. Casey Harper is a senior reporter for the Washington, D.C. Bureau of the centersquare.com. He's written it for The Hill, Daily Caller. I saw him on Fox Business. He's been on Fox News. But here's my favorite part, and now I know why I like him so much. He is a graduate of Hillsdale College. Casey, how are you? I'm doing good. It's good to hear someone likes me. It's the first time for everything. It's good. Well, well it's so nice. that <laughs> now, now I know why I like the way you write, because you write it from the understanding of American principles. You were taught them very early on as a college student in Hillsdale College. It all makes sense to me now. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, even setting aside parties, there are some foundational first principles that our nation is founded on. And I really think, sadly, in some respects, you know, both parties have kind of taken their eye off the ball on that. So it's important to me to help us remember what some of those are. And Casey, that's why I want to ask you the first question, because I'm, I, I'm not, I, I really am not party affiliated. When people ask me what party mm-hmm. I am, I say I'm a son of liberty. It kind of freaks them out. They think, they think of the son of anarchy, and I'm fine with that. But here, um, I always thought that socialism and what I saw yesterday from an American president was unconstitutional and that it was, in essence, being unconstitutional, illegal in America. It looks like he's going to face some legal challenges. Do you think I'm right, or yeah. will I lose that because now our uh, judicial system has been so bastardized and politicized? Well, it's, it's a great question. Um, I do think the legal challenges are coming. I mean, you've seen it from, as you referenced, that RNC has threatened those legal challenges. Uh, there's been other states uh, we've seen where those are starting to brew. Uh, the way these things kind of work is, 
you know, one person does it and a lot of people jump on. I think people will probably be happy to let the RNC do it. They have the money and the political will to follow the lawsuit. Um, I think a lot of people are unhappy about it. My sense of, you know, people, and this is, of course, subjective. I think people are generally pro-vaccine and anti-mandate. Now, a lot of people, of course, have questions about the vaccine, and um, there's plenty of people who are against it. And uh, But I don't think there's many people who say, you know, if you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. That's your business. I think that's kind of people's general take. But this idea of uh, forcing it is what's really um, raising issues. People. And it's really even the executive branch. I think we really would be in a different place if 60 senators on both sides of the aisle had voted to have a vaccine mandate. I think it'd be a very different conversation. But this is an executive action. It is taking uh, – small, you know, <laughs> relatively small federal agencies and like OSHA, which most people, I don't know, probably don't know what OSHA is. I do, but the average, you know, a lot of people don't even know. They're just in charge of workplace safety. Um, the ones, the guys that make you post things in the break room and stuff like that. But yeah. to give them this wide um, birth of authority over, you know, a hundred million Americans, uh, it's, <laughs> I think it's really troubling to a lot of people. What, yeah. what will the, who knows what the justice system is going to do? I think it's very reasonable. It could go all the way to Supreme Court. You know, conservatives have, have had some victories there lately, but there's really no predicting that. And most people don't know that it was actually Richard Nixon, a Republican, who gave us OSHA along with the EPA mm. and many mm -hmm. other bureaucracies. And uh, I actually do know some people in those bureaucracies. And one thing I learned a long time ago is, aside from being connoisseurs of restaurants in the area where they work, um, <laughs> most of them are very comfortable wielding regulation like law and they are incentivized to not only extort businesses but to let them continue on with the atrocities as long as they're willing to pay for it is that a possible way that these this new mandate could go where they just are now very comfortable fining people for their own choices yeah well it's a great great there's a few questions and things in there there's definitely a problem with the relationship between federal bureaucracy and business and uh, you know, federal bureaucracy has become an entity to itself. OSHA, all these different ones, they have incentives to bring in more money, to always go over budget, so that Congress will look and say, oh, you guys went over budget, you must need more money. So they're, they're, there's actually an incentive to not save money, because if you if you come in under budget, you'll get your budget cut, because Congress will say, oh, you must not need the money. So every agency is incentivized to overspend, and of course they want more money, so they're incentivized to uh, take it. But the thing about these regulations is uh, there are certain businesses that are the bigger the business, the bigger the corporation, the more happy they are to have more fines and more regulations like this. Um, and that's why you've seen a lot of big corporations jump on board very gleefully about this, because if you have a business with 101 employees and you're getting hit with these fines, some are I'm firing one. I'm firing at least one. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you, if you, uh, getting hit with these fines, you know, that's going to be a big hardship for you. But the, the business that's got 50,000 employees internationally, uh, they don't, they're not going to really feel the pinch. And they'd actually be very glad to have the government, you know, basically taxing their smaller competitors. Because the bigger the companies can afford more lawyers, more ways to pay these fees, it's not really a hardship on them. And so that's why you often see uh, bigger companies advocating for more regulation. Um, lobbying for more rules, more restrictions. You saw that with the healthcare debate. It was kind of confusing to a lot of people why some of these big healthcare companies were advocating for more regulation. But one reason is it puts their competitors out of business. Smaller competitors just can't afford to hire a whole team of lawyers, 
to make sure they're always in compliance. And so there is a twisted relationship there. And <laughs> you're definitely right that there's quite a few restaurants. If you ever come out here to D.C., uh, I'll take you to some of the bureaucrats' favorite restaurants. All right. I'm looking forward to that because uh, I want to mingle around those lobbyists and those shifty son of a guns. It'll make me feel like my old neighborhood in Chicago. So I appreciate that, and I may take you up on it. I'll bring cigars. But now these bureaucracies <laughs> are all, mm-hmm. all, always headed up by political apparatchiks, by loyalists to parties. I have been really troubled watching the Biden administration bring in the uh, labor mafia to head up the, the labor department and all of the other... Um, ways it looks like we're going to suffer under the Biden administration. But we do have some good news. It looks like the ATF guy, who was pretty much against the Second Amendment, it looks like he's out of the picture. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, the President Biden withdrew his nomination of David Chipman, who was the nominee to lead the um, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. Um, So, yeah, I think for conservatives, they would call this a symbolic victory. Um, Chipman was an outspoken opponent of guns. I think if he had gotten into office, you would have seen him trying to get rid of AR-15s as one of his main um, goals, and that's why he, so many were, people were so outspoken against him. I will say uh, I think there's a little bit of a very symbolic victory in that there's only ever been, I believe, one Senate-approved ATF director. So, oh. yes, Republicans did get this, but uh, I think they're they're really spiking the football pretty hard here when – um, you know, they, they, I think the odds were always in their favor on this. Yeah. So I started the show today and it's, um, I don't even like the word anniversary. It's the, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's 20 years ago that the twin towers were attacked. And I've always felt to a certain extent that that instance was utilized to whip us into a frenzy where we took our eye off the ball and very specific special interests really profited from that. However, under the Biden administration, and what we've all witnessed with this ridiculous, I guess it's called a withdrawal, but this debacle in Talibatistan or Afghanistan, as it's formally known. I don't think I'm alone in my disgust and my hopelessness. It appears that even maybe some Democrats are disgusted with this buffoon. Yeah, well, you're right about that. Americans don't like to lose. Um, and the timing is, is particularly poor, you know, 20-year anniversary to, to watch the retreat, to you know, I remember when the initial invasions happened and every day you would watch on the news and there were soldiers, you know, um, sadly passing away. And it was the news story of the day was following this. And I think seeing the, the news stories on TV again of Afghanistan just brought back, you know, 10 years of memories that really the country had hoped to move past, I think, and just heal from and felt, wanted to feel like as, as, as if we had established some kind of, um, you know, victory. Maybe it was, albeit difficult to win. Um, but the, the other thing you pointed to is very true, which is that Democrats are not happy about this either. Um, Biden has got a lot of bipartisan opposition. And actually, the Senate, uh, Senate Armed Services Committee has announced there's going to be a hearing later this month to really uh, drag all this dirty laundry out into the light. And that is that committee is led by a Democrat, and Democrats have been very vocal on it. So, you know, uh, some of the leading uh, generals and the defense secretary is going to be brought to testify for Congress. That's going to be pretty explosive. Um, leading news. You're going to see a lot of big headlines come out of that. You know, these congressional committee hearings are hit and miss. Sometimes there's a lot of, you know, a lot of splash, a lot of sizzle, but not that much substance. We'll see. I think there's a lot of good questions to be asked, but whether they get any good information remains to be seen. So when poll numbers like this drop, 
for somebody like me who who refutes and 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 and, and fights the ideology of the American Marxists as I view them, I don't view them as Democrats. It's actually an opportunity when you combine that with the fact that we have job openings that are soaring. We've got 10 point something million jobs, 10.9 million jobs that are available. We've got 9 million unemployed. We've got 50% of the country on the dole. We've got a bill that sits before us that to me is an economy slayer. There may be a silver lining because the poll numbers are so low because of the, the terrible debacle and performance of these eight and a half months. Is there any chance this bill doesn't pass or will it in fact be the poison pill that I know it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, will it pass? That's the big question. I, I think you're right to question. I, I do think it really is 50-50. Um, also, you're right to say that some of Biden's difficulties have, have hurt him because you know, presidents have this narrow window when they first come into office where they can really get a lot of things done right off the bat. And uh, they, they, they announce these big agendas, but really those first 100 days are important and that, those first, that first year is really important. And if they don't get the things, their top priorities done then, then they may never will. You remember President Trump was able to pass tax reform, but some of his other objectives, he just kind of ran out of political capital. And then, you know, Congress stonewalled him. And he just couldn't get it across the finish line and some of the things that Americans really wanted and then maybe he would have done if he had a second term. So, you know, Biden, uh, Biden did this, um, ha- has had a real hard time in Afghanistan, and it's gonna, it has taken a lot of his political capital. So he's definitely on more thin ice. You, I would, people to watch are Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin, West Virginia, and uh, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. They've both made it very clear that they're not going to support a $3.5 trillion bill. Now, there's two bills. It's a $3.5 trillion bill, which is more all the progressive policies. And then there's a $1 trillion infrastructure bill, which is, for the most part, actually infrastructure. Um, the things they couldn't get in the $1 trillion bill, they put a lot of those in the $3.5 trillion bill. So what does all this mean? It means that you've got two very important senators that you have to convince, and you've got Biden, who's struggling. His approval dropped down to 39% in one poll, which is, uh, which is much the lowest that he's had since he took office. So there could be a perfect storm here, but... I do think that the that Biden is going to look to strike some kind of deal, and so a good prediction would be, you know, Mansion and Cinema make a big a big stink that they're not going to vote for 3.5 trillion, and they whittle it down to 1.8, and that's what ends up getting passed. And ever you know, Republicans take credit for getting it down to 1.8, and Democrats take credit for passing something, and. Yeah. It's all debt spending, and, you know, it's, <laughs> that's what will have, probably happen. Now, Casey, I've seen you on Fox Business. I read your mm-hmm. stuff on the center square. A lot of your stories are geared towards the economy. Yes. Do you think that the people have forgotten how much money was waste, fraud, and abuse under the um, Obama bailouts, under the fraud green movements um, like Solyndra, do you think that their appetite is to allow these people who have run nothing in their entire life, who have been political whores and that's it, to let them run wild when our debt is $30 trillion? Are there enough economic illiterates in this country to support it? <laughs> well, uh, I think the, there's plenty of economic illiterates in Congress. I studied economics in college. Um, I'll say that uh, I think it has been startling to see the level at which political spending is or federal spending has grown, you probably remember when that bailout you referenced happened. It was roughly eight hundred billion dollars. I you remember this, but and it was just seen as this monstrosity of a bill. Remember, I mean, it was just it was highly controversial. 
it was seen, it was such a large piece of legislation. It was fought over tooth and nail because it was so big. And now, honestly, we passed trillion dollar bills without thinking twice about it. And so, um, the inflation rate is up. Some of the, you know this is kind of worrying to people. Um, unemployment has remained high despite widespread job availabilities because uh, because of some of the federal unemployment programs. So. I, I wish I could be more optimistic for you and your viewers, but I don't see any sh- in the short term any good news when it comes to the debt, um, when it comes to getting federal spending under control. Well, I always like to end an interview on bankruptcy. Casey Harper, <laughs> The Center Square, thank you so yeah, much for yeah. joining me. I look forward to the next time. All right, thank you. We'll take your calls and comments after this. <laughs> imagine what that phone call was like with China today? I mean, you do realize Joe Biden is not capable of discussing the matters between China and America. He's not capable of negotiating anything. Joe Biden is still this guy. You got the vaccination? You got the vaccination? Yeah. Are you, are you okay? I mean, you seem, no, it works. Or, you you know, or, or, or the mom and dad or, 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 or the neighbor or when you go to church or when you're, no, no I, I really mean it. There are trusted interlocutors. Think of the people. If, if your kid wanted to find out. Now, this is, this is not edited. This is not a trick. This is from CNN when he was talking to Don Lemon. Whether or not there were, there's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something, or, you know, whether those aliens are here or not. You know, who are the people they talk to beyond the kids who love talking? So now he supposedly did a phone call with Xi Jinping, the leader of the Communist Party in China. This is the party that runs that country of a billion, what is it, two billion people? I think you got the time right. Let's, um... The U.S. and Chinese president have pledged to work more closely to avoid conflict. Presidents Joe Biden and Xi Jinping spoke by phone this morning for the second time since Biden took office. According to the White House, they discussed a range of issues, including, quote, peace, stability and prosperity in the Indo-Pacific. They both agreed they must avoid letting competition between the world's two largest economies. When they got off the phone with Joe Biden, they laughed. When they got off the phone with Joe Biden at that point, they knew they were going to have their way both economically, militarily, and any other way they want. Not only because they own so many American politicians, because they've infiltrated our government in so many ways. And I don't just mean Dianne Feinstein's chauffeur for 20 plus years or the gassy congressman's girlfriend, Matahari. I mean, because what they understand is that we have somebody at the helm of this country that should not be working anywhere, let alone the leader of the free world. It's preposterous. It's despicable. And we're going to lose on every level. Nick on the northwest side. Yeah, Sean, I saw, by the way, great show as usual. You are just fantastic. Thank you. I saw a movie recently. Uh, one of those uh, channels that I showed these old movies at night. Oh, Nick, and, for the uh, movies. Nick, let's put, they're both for the movies. You guys are calling about the movies, aren't you? Let's put, let's put Nick back on. Hold on, I'm still going. I don't want to go to movies. Yeah, yeah. Talk okay, about this. okay. I'll hold on. I'll stop the film if you can put me on. Okay, okay I'll hold on. on. All right, thanks. In the, me- <laughs> in the meantime, 
if we don't demand that the Republican Party fight for the removal of the most incapable, unfit president to ever, ever hold the office of the American president, we are going to be beaten from pillar to post economically. We already are sitting at a time when this country is on its knees financially. And the people who are pushing, creating money, pumping it out there so it can mirror success are the political whores who have sat in office for so long they cannot remember their first or only job they ever had. Unless you are happy with this lie, this so-called noble lie, where a government has to create money, has to put it out to businesses so it can it can affect, create a velocity of a private economy, well, it cannot. The devastations of which will lead us into a poverty. I don't want to be a socialist, and I certainly don't want to go through a country that's bankrupt. One of the things we you had to focus on as we talked to Casey, economically, this bill that they are going to cram down our throats is five times the size of the one that started the Tea Party when Barack Obama was president. Yet I have yet to hear a Republican come up and say, we will fight tirelessly to make the Democrat Joe Manchin, who we all have to pretend is not using this as a negotiation tool so that he is bribed in the same way the Louisiana politician was. I wanted to get that out before we go to the movies. Now we're going to go to the movies. And uh, if you want to call, we'll be Friday Features with Sean, 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. All right, so Friday Features are big. People love it. The lines are packed. I love it, too. It's Friday. We need to kind of focus on a weekend, a good weekend. We've had a terrible week politically. Terrible week for the country. However, this is um, a terrible, terrible date in American history. So my movie selections and my documentary selections reflect that, but I think they were, they're both fantastic. The movie is worth. It is on Netflix, and you can watch it right now. Michael Keating, Stanley Tucci. I thought it was very good. And if you don't cry... You are a soulless son of a gun. And then the documentary is Turning Point, also on Netflix. It's very important to have a perspective of exactly how September 11th was enabled by politicians, by the incompetence of our bureaucracies and so-called positions of power that are supposed to protect us and the, and the ridiculous decisions made by leaders, so-called leaders. They're not really leaders. They're liars. So those are my two picks. And I think during this weekend, it's important that we understand exactly how this tragedy, tragedy, was used to benefit a very, very small minority. Now we're going to go to George in his car. Hi, George. Hey, Sean, am I on? You're on, buddy. Uh, I got one I just watched. It's called uh, Enemies of the State. Is it enemy or enemies? Did it have Will Smith in it? No, it, it's got enemies. Oh, enemies. And it's, it's about the guy from Anonymous. Oh, okay. And Tifa kind of took over this guy's website, but he, I think he was on the dark web. He's on the dark web. He called it a shell. 
and he had a bunch of like secrets from WikiLeaks. Oh, really? Really? I, what, what was it saying for WikiLeaks? The, yep. the main guy, Julian Assange, Assange or whatever yeah, that Julian is. Assange still in prison. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he created the site where. Where people could tell us of the atrocities of our government. That's when you know everyone thought Snowden was 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 a was a, uh, a traitor. And Absolutely, lying. I, and then he, I believe it was Dehart or something like that. Uh-huh. And he was out of. They they lived all over the country, but he got busted in Indiana, and then the feds came in and just destroyed his life. You know, and it, it's really good. Now, wh- wh- where did you watch it? What did you watch it on a streaming site? How did you get it? believe it was on Netflix, but don't quote me, because I used a fire stick. You know what I mean? So sure. I used a fire stick. I have no idea where I'm at. That's all right. I got all that stuff. Very good, George. Thank you. And I'll be watching that. I love that stuff, because I took the position of, wait a minute, the people who are calling him a traitor, he's basically letting us know they are using, misusing the NSA and their power to surveil us and anybody they deem. I don't like the sound of that. I never believed what they told us about him. I was kind of more interested in what he said. You know, the stuff that is proved exactly right. Dave in Racine, Wisconsin. Greetings, Sean. Uh, the documentary is a, was a series called Connections. Dealt with that culminated, each episode culminated with a, a modern invention. Uh, uh, plastics in one. Was oh, in I saw this. Called- I saw one of them. You're right, because it's, it's, it's got about 11 or 12 episodes. I saw one of them, yes. Very and good. It was like the one, my particular favorite was called The Wrong Scene. starts off with a guy trying to figure out a way of uh, a substitute for pine tar, but actually use coal tar. Then it culminates at the end with uh, you know, uh, DuPont inventing nylon, which they originally wanted to call Dupuru, which was uh, DuPont pulls a rabbit out of it. i got to tell you, Dave, I love this stuff. I love the innovation of the American system, the economy, the entrepreneur. And, and I've realized a long time ago the government has created nothing but taxes and extortion on those very people that brought phenomenal, phenomenal inventions to us. Go ahead. And the other thing was uh, the movie was uh, Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone, Sandra Bullock, and Wesley Snipes. Sure, it kind of deals with how a world, you know, a politically correct world would be. Yeah. And the Dennis Leary character kind of reminds me of you. There was a soliloquy <laughs> of, I want steak, I want french fries, I want the cholesterol, I want a Cuban cigar the size of a baseball bat, but most of all, I want to be left alone. I love it. I'll take it, Dave. Thank you for the compliment as well. If I remember correctly, there were only Taco Bells in the future. Although Sandra Bullock in a jumpsuit, worth the two hours right there. Joe in Naperville. Hello. Hi, Joe. Yeah, hi. Hey, Sean. Yeah, I got two movies. The first one is, uh, I believe it's the 1964 Manchurian Candidate. With Sinatra. With uh, Angela, with Angela Lansbury and, uh, uh, and then her husband, uh, in the movie was the was a senator who reminds me just of Joe Biden. His name was Johnny Eisling, and the guy would change his mind a million times. And and Angela Lansbury, who was his handler, would would tell would basically tell him what to say. It, it's pretty bizarre. And the other movie that I like, I saw it on Netflix recently. Um, it's called Get On Up. I think it's the story of James Brown. It's an oh, awesome I love that. Film. Saw it. Unbelievable. And, and, and the first ten minutes were just out of were hilarious, right? Joe, he's and one of my where, favorites. Where he goes. James Brown, since I was a kid, was always one of oh, my yeah. favorites. I love him. I think he's, people underestimated his voice, the quality of his voice. He is he was phenomenal. 
I love that. Thank you he very much. You're welcome, Sean. Take care. Bye now. You too. Have a good weekend. Dave in Wheaton. Hey, Sean. Uh, saw James Brown. Had the privilege at the Park West uh, around 82. He was fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, fantastic. Um, movies. Um, Hostels with Christian Bale. Fantastic. And uh, Rosamund Pike. You've seen fantastic. it? Okay. Yeah, love it. Okay. Love it. And Netflix, a documentary, My Octopus Teacher. I did not see and, this. And I believe it won a Best Documentary. Um, the thing about it, I think it won an Oscar in another country or something, some award. But, um, you know, an octopus will use um, ink as a smoke screen, you know, to, to, to get away from predators. Wonderful. Unlike Biden, who uses a smoke screen of uh, COVID to uh, distract from his failures in Afghanistan and with the economy. But anyway, love it, comment on that. Love it. You know, I didn't get to a clip, and you're going to remind me, everybody, I want you to remind me, and Misty, keep it up on the board, about Merrick Garland on the heartbeat bill in Texas. But before I do that, I wanted to take Juan Noble Square. Hi, Juan. Hey, hey, Sean, I wanted to recommend a film. Go ahead. Love it's, it. It's uh, Paint the Wall Black. It's about my family's restaurant and the stance we took against BLM in Chicago last summer. I remember this. On- yeah, it's on Salem Now, which is an organization that owns AM560. It's on SalemNow.com for free, All and right. it's also on YouTube for free. All right, very good one. And if I remember sure. correctly, I watched your story in real time as it was happening. You guys were um, really, really brought under the gun. Whatever happened, were you, did you have to close that location and move somewhere else, or w- did you keep it open? That's right. That's right. We took a stance against BLM last summer because our restaurant is rated number one in the city. And they tried to extort us and say that we had to support their movement. We're located almost uh, right by um, United Center. And we told them we would never give them a penny or post about their organization in the name of Jesus ever. And they tried to kill us. They sent us over a thousand death threats. We relocated to Texas for a year and we just reopened two months ago. And I wish you the best of luck. I wish you would have just you're going to open one. Why don't you open one in South Florida? (laughs) <laughs> because we need to take a stance in the in the neighborhood that we grew up in, in the building that we all have owned for the last 50 years. We have mm-hmm. to come back and do it. Well, you know, you could probably go to this the, this developer that's having a fundraiser for Lori Lightfoot. Just pony up to 5000 <laughs> bribe that son of a gun. You'll get everything you want. Juan, thanks for the call. Thanks for you Absolutely. staying in business, yep, and thanks for the fight, bro. Well. Thank you. All right, I'll get to the rest of your calls when I get back after this. But I'm looking forward to it. Megan, Orland Park. Hello, Sean. Um, got two, two movies for you. I'll make it quick. Um, first one's Midnight Express. Um, one of my favorite. With, you're talking about with De Niro and Grogan? Yeah. One of my favorite. He reminds Not- me of my uncle in that picture. I cannot tell you, but go ahead. Okay, that's the one where he's caught um, trying to bring drugs into the United States. No, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of the other one with with Grogan, the comedy with De Niro. Oh, the comedy. That's Midnight the Run. Too. That's, that's Midnight Run. One. Never mind. Midnight. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Then the other one. The other one's FX. Have you heard of FX? That came out in 1986. 
with Brian Dennehy. Yep. Yeah. The, the film. Brown. He was a, a makeup artist for the film industry. The guy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Very good, Megan. Great movie. Very good. I like those two. Okay, good ones. talk to you later. All right, take care. All right, Nick on the northwest side. Yeah, Sean. Thank you. I'll make it fast. Um, the house on 92nd Street, 92, 92nd Street. The house on 92nd Street was made in 1945 under wartime restrictions, not allowed to be released until after the bombings of atomic bombs on Japan and after the war was declared to be one in Japan. It's about how the FBI managed to infiltrate every single... Every single one? Uh, and uh, just to, you know, to... Uh, uh, Damaged things. Oh, huh. uh, house on so, 92nd uh, Street, Nick. You got it. What's about? You got a documentary? That's it. It's a semi document. No, I said it's like a semi document. Oh, okay. It's it's a film. It's a, John Edgar Hoover, who we know as J. Edgar, he's in it for a while in the beginning. I share. I, I, I understand. Movie. Yeah, I understand. Um, he had a propensity to wear some female underwear, like the mayor of Chicago. Thank you very much. And I don't mean Laurie Lightfoot. Susan Northbrook. I've got a documentary, um, Please Vote For Me. It's set in China in a third grade, and they try to have an election for their classroom monitor for the first time. And they and their parents take to dirty politics like ducks to water. Like a Democrat to Chicago? Exactly. exactly. Does it bother you, Susan, that Harold Washington probably wore sexier lingerie than Lori Lightfoot? I never thought about it. All right, just give it a thought. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, that's it. on YouTube or Netflix, and right. uh, Man for All Seasons for a drama. Great movie. Thank you very much, Susan. Greg, how about you? Harold Washington or Lori Lightfoot? Who has sexier lingerie? You know what? I just almost heaved when you said that. <laughs> just the thought of either one of them. Oh, anyway. Here's the good news. They're the okay. same size. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, an old science fiction flip, 1970-ish, called Colossus, The Forbin Project. Love it. Uh, if you watch it, you got to... Have you seen it? I, I did. I got to go. Owen, sorry. By the way, when you're a size 12, isn't everything a thong? I'll be back. Have a great weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.